Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. Nikki Haley, the Supreme Court, and much, much more. But let's start with Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. She's still getting fawning press all over the media. All over the media. And I just feel, ladies and gentlemen, that Nikki Haley, her supporters in the media, think we are so stupid that we're falling for this. It's a two-person race, or as Nikki likes to say, one gent and her. I am so sick of that crap, you have no idea. You don't need to spew the left-wing propaganda about the sexes. Now she comes out and she says that when she was a little girl, she was taunted every day because of her skin color. I don't know if that's true or not. But ladies and gentlemen, our country's dying. And it's dying not because of our declaration, our constitution, not because of our governmental system. It's dying because the people in the ruling class are destroying it and purposely. I don't want to hear about Nikki Haley's issues or past issues or anybody else's for that matter. You're running for president. Not because you're a victim. Not because you want to exploit certain things. Because the American people need a leader. They need a statesman. They need somebody is going to bring this country back to some level of sanity. And Nikki Haley uses all the bromides of the left. She's relying on the left. She's relying on their billionaires. She's relying on their votes. And she's turning to Republicans who are utterly and completely unprincipled, like Chris Sununu. Why do I care about Chris Sununu? The fact of the matter is, there were two solid conservatives up until this weekend. Trump, not by philosophy, but by common sense. And DeSantis, by philosophy, both by experience. I haven't talked to Ron DeSantis at all since he made his decision. But he decided to drop out for two reasons, I assume. One, as he said, he couldn't win. And number two, he cares about the country more than himself. And that's my problem with Nikki Haley. She can't win, but she cares about herself more than the country. The fact of the matter is, The fact of the matter is, Nikki Haley literally has nothing to offer. Her record as governor portends weakness, not strength, lack of accomplishment. She doesn't run on it. When people bring it up, whether it's bathrooms, whether it's China, whatever it is, she lies about it. Her position on abortion is incoherent. Incoherent. Fine. But that's what it is. When people say, I like the way she explains, she explains nothing. Her position on the border has been all over the place. We cannot afford this. If we conservatives cannot nominate and elect somebody who's going to help us save this country, we're going to lose it. 
We can't use another Romney in 2012. Loser. Another McCain in 2008. Loser. George H.W. Bush, 1992. Loser. Bob Dole, great hero, I might add, but loser. It's not time for a woman. It's not time for somebody Nikki Haley's age. It's not time for anything related to physicality, skin color, or anything of the kind. We need to save the country. I don't care if you're green. I don't care what the hell you are. So the patriotic thing to do was what Ron DeSantis did. You think he wanted to get out of the race? You think he's happy with what took place? No, I'm sure. Again, I haven't spoken to him. But what is the point of Nikki Haley's candidacy? Can somebody explain it to me? She's the only one who can win. You know how many times I've heard that from losers? Polls today are utterly and completely irrelevant when it comes to a general election. Irrelevant. When they turn their bazookas on Nikki Haley and the media, and they will. If they were able to get her nominated, and they can't. She won't be leading Biden by 6, 8, 10. This is what they do. They put you forward, then they cut your legs out from under you. Every Democrat in New Hampshire who's registered, I guess, as an independent, however that screwed up system works, how do you think they're going to vote in the general election? Oh, wow, there's Nikki Haley. Let's vote for her. No damn way. If Nikki Haley wants to be a Democrat, then run in the Democrat primary. My understanding, it's wide open. Biden didn't run. Biden, wants, now they want him to write him in. Because Biden doesn't believe in democracy. You know, they talk about Trump not debating. Biden forced Robert Kennedy, Robert Kennedy Jr., out of the Democrat primary. Senator Kennedy's son. This guy, Phillips. They won't give him a shot. They're trying to push him off ballots. They're trying to do whatever they can do. Again, so much for democracy. Because Biden is weak. His agenda is a disaster. And so is Nikki Haley. I watch these interviews with her. I have to shut them off. She's just full of fortune cookie type statements. Bumper sticker type statements. No substance whatsoever. None. What are her principles? What does she say? She's been running now for president for months. And you cannot tell me where she stands on five major issues or how she would do anything. How is she going to cut the budget and spending? No idea. None. Okay. What will she do to secure the border? I have no idea. None. And we can go down the list, and nobody else does either. And I can tell you this. When it comes to saving women's sports, she's proclaiming herself the woman candidate. She hadn't said she'd do that either or how she'd do that. Because now what happens is typical. She's moved further and further left to move away from conservatives and to try and attract these votes in these early primaries from these states that don't have Republican-only voting. And these Republican parties in the states that do this, assuming they have the authority and not the state legislatures, shame on you, you're pathetic. So she has to kowtow to them. She has to kowtow to Wall Street. She has to kowtow to all these interests. This isn't the Republican core. This isn't what we stand for. So how would somebody like that take on a Chuck Schumer, a Hakeem Jeffries? Or take on the media that's slobbering all over her, but then will turn on her. How many more lessons do we have to learn here, America? 
especially conservatives and Republicans. How many more times do we have to go down this road voting for a Romney or a McCain or a Dole or a George H.W. Bush? And this time it's even more important. We're losing our country. If the border's open like this another five years, it is over. It is over. And there's not a single Republican or conservative who's serious about doing something about these these so crucial and important issues that won't come under attack. Whether it's a Trump or a DeSantis or anybody else. Because Trump is going to be the nominee. There's no question about that now. And so when he takes on the border, they'll try and destroy him. When he tries to break up the federal bureaucracy, they'll try to destroy him. Because that's who they are. This is theirs. They build it. They use your tax money to pay for it. And so now we have to go through this fan dance. Like the lead up to the State of the Union address and all this other nonsense. About Nikki Haley, it's a two-man race. It's not a two-man race. Trump's the nominee. Just because she hangs around like a bad rash doesn't mean it's a two-man or two-person race. It's irrelevant. There's nothing she can do. Nothing. As we move into other states, some of which are much more conservative. What is she going to do when we move into the South? She's going to get blown out. What, are we gonna, what is she going to do when we move into conservative blue-collar states? Like a Pennsylvania, she's going to get blown out. She's hanging on. She's got nowhere else to go. Literally, she has nothing else to do other than to serve on some of these corporate boards and charge $100,000 a speech. Why people would pay that, I don't even know. You've been fed a boat of lies over the past decade or two that some people are just too conservative to win. Romney, McCain, Dole, George H.W. Bush, they weren't conservative. They're exactly the kind of Republicans we're told are the only kind of Republicans who can win. That's four presidential elections that we lost. Four. I understand that this is going to be a tough general election. But it's going to be a tough general election. Not because Trump is controversial. Not because Trump causes chaos, as Nikki Haley says. It's because the Democrat Party is a Marxist party that uses Marxist tactics to try and destroy Donald Trump. In a moment, he announced his candidacy and ran in 2016 to today. You don't have to love Donald Trump to use your noggin and figure out what the hell is going on here. Joe Biden is destroying America. His administration is made up of Obama flunkies and holdovers. They hate America. They want to fundamentally transform it. That's what they keep telling us, and they are. They hate American history. They substitute 1776 with 1619. They're trying to eviscerate our Constitution. They attack the men and women who wrote it. The most fabulous governing document in human history. And I would argue even greater than the Magna Carta. That's what we're up against. Nikki Haley hadn't said a damn thing about any of it. She's not prepared and doesn't want to be involved in the culture war. Unfortunately, to support America, to be a red-blooded American, to defend our principles and our history and our culture and our society, to defend the founders, our founding document, our governing document. Unfortunately, you're going to have to get your knuckles bruised and dirt under your fingernails. You're going to be called controversial. You're going to be called racist and bigoted. You're going to come under investigation, civil and criminal. They're going to take your taxes and paint them all over the place, the front page of the New York Times. 
They're going to go after your spouse. They're going to go after your children. Nikki Haley has no idea. And she's not up to it. She's not a leader. She's not a statesman. It's that simple. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. This is what I mean. This is in the Washington Examiner. Nikki Haley receives New Hampshire boost from Bill Crystal's liberal dark money funded group. Gabe Kaminsky. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is getting a last minute boost ahead of the New Hampshire primary on Tuesday from a Bill Crystal led group bankrolled by the largest Democratic dark money networks in the United States. Now, we're heard all over New Hampshire. I hope people are listening to what I'm saying. Defending Democracy Together spent more than 96000 on pro-Haley advertised. Remember, there's a small state. And mailers in roughly half a million against former President Donald Trump since January 13. According to FEC filings, the nonprofit organization was co-founded by Crystal, another Trump writer, Notably pocketed $10.8 million between 2020 and 2022 from 1630 Fund, a group managed by the One Billion Liberal Arbella Advisors Dark Money Network. This is a radical, left-wing, Soros-connected, and not just him, organization with billionaires and millionaires who want to upset, usurp, change our country. They're behind Nikki Hill. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Nobody else is even reporting this. You know, people are in New Hampshire. They're interviewing. They're talking. What do you think? How's the hamburger? You know, it's cold up here. But what about this stuff? That's why you're here. 1630 funds supported defending democracy together's bipartisan work. Bipartisan, of course. To protect the integrity of U.S. elections. The crystal-led entity. Ah, shoot. Hold on a second. Okay, there, where is it? Where did it go? Hold on. The crystal-led entities, independent expenditures supporting Haley underscore, uh, the former ambassador to the U.N. and ex-South Carolina governor has certain indirect ties to Arbella Advisors, which is under investigation by the Washington, D.C. Attorney General's Office for financial mismanagement allegations, and it is a leftist group. The Washington Examiner first reported Saturday Haley's New Hampshire State Director, Tyler Clark, lobbied on behalf of liberal groups, including 1630 Fund in 2020, the year the dark money group doled out $410 million to boost Democrats and help unseat Donald Trump. This is who's behind Haley. And I don't just mean, you know, with quiet support, acquiescing. No, they're leading the charge. And nobody's questioning her on this. And she won't come on this show. That's who's managing our campaign, Trump said in New Hampshire at a rally on Saturday. Said in the report from the Washington Examiner. Does that tell you something? The spokesperson for the Haley campaign told the Daily Caller on Monday that defending democracy together is an unaffiliated outside group. Ah, BS. Unaffiliated outside group. She's going to Wall Street again after New Hampshire to raise more money from Democrat fat cat billionaires that's what she's doing 
The Never Trump Organization was dubbed the top dark money spender in 2020 by Open Secrets. Top. Chrysler's group, which is a 2020, in 2020 received 125000 for New Venture Fund, a separate left-wing group managed by Arabella Advisors. This Arabella Advisors is sort of the Soviet Union of the left-wing radical Marxist Democrat donors. With all these little parts, you know, these countries that they've captured, Arabella is like the old Soviet Union. A separate left-wing group managed by Arabella Advisors is also directed by Mona Charon. She's another phony. She's another one. Unbelievable. Editor of the Never Trump Bulwark Politics website. Defending Democracy Together counts as executive director Sarah Longwell, the publisher of the Bulwark. So you have these Never Trumpers, these Never America types, and they've actually joined forces. And of course, they're backing Nikki Haley. Political consultant Tim Miller, who writes for the Bulwark, is also listed on tax forms filed by defense. So, so you can see the incestuous nature of this whole thing. It's, it's sleazy, underlined and highlighted. Crystal, Charon, Arabella, dark money, pouring into the race. No doubt, Nikki Haley's working with individuals who are funding these organizations. And that's why she can't tell you that a man can't be a woman. That's why she flip-flops all over the place. Let me put it bluntly. Nikki Haley is now bought and paid for by our political enemies. She must have made that choice about six months ago. It's one thing to be a rhino, a ruling class rhino. It's quite another to throw in with this crowd. And that's exactly what she's done. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Not really. Now, uh, I got to turn to the Supreme Court. Any five to four decision on an emergency appeal by the Biden administration... Democrats keep filing emergency appeals. Something bad happened today. By a five to four decision, without explanation, because they just issued a ruling, the Supreme Court ruled that the state of Texas, that excuse me, that the federal government can in fact cut the state of Texas um, razor wire that they're putting up. And Texas can't stop them. Texas can't stop them. Now, I'm sure, and by the way, the Chief Justice, so-called John Roberts, was one of the five, as was Justice Barrett. Justice Barrett has become basically a Siamese twin attached to the side of John Roberts. Uh, He has succeeded in, um, well, sort of the... uh, in, in persuading her to stick with him, again, she almost always does. Kavanaugh, to his credit, joined the three constitutionalists. Now, they probably had some notion of federalism. There have been past decisions by the court, also against Arizona, you might recall, a decade or so ago, that the federal government has ultimate and sole authority over the borders. You know, it's interesting. I was at a convention of states event a year or two ago, and a number of people came up to me and said, well, what do you think? They said, the court's going to rule against it. People got angry. What do you mean by that? I said, I'm telling you what they're going to do. It's not what I want them to do. I'm telling you what they're going to do. Because the makeup of the court, Roberts is a chameleon, and Barrett has become probably the biggest disappointment in 10 years on the court. She doesn't think for herself. And here's why the court's wrong. The issue isn't federal authority. That's ridiculous. The issue is, under the United States Constitution, the federal authority 
is violating the Constitution. That is, it's one thing if you have a federal government that says, look, we're in charge of securing the border. We're doing the best we can. Texas has no right to do it. It's quite another when that fellow authority is violating its own federal law and therefore the federal constitution. You see the difference, Mr. Producer? It's completely different. This isn't about administrative decisions. It's not about policies, disagreements on enforcing existing law. You have an administration that has eviscerated federal immigration law. And so the border is wide open. So the proper clause to look at is not the concept of federalism or even the language in the Constitution about immigration, which is not as clear-cut as some would have you believe. But it's the language in the take-care clause of the Constitution, which I continually bring up, especially in relation to immigration, because there's your impeachment. And for the court, you closed your eyes. So what is the responsibility of the federal government? They don't just have authority. They have to comply with the law. That's their authority. Now what does the Constitution say again? The take care clause. The president shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. He doesn't have a choice. Unless there's a constitutional conflict and he makes a choice, but there is none here. This is cut and dry. This is black and white. And so the five members of the court, the three radicals who despise the Constitution, one who can't tell you what a woman is, maybe she should run for the Republican nomination. She'd have a hell of a battle with Nikki Haley over that one subject alone. The three radicals in the court, joined by the Chief Justice Roberts, joined by Justice Barrett, the phony conservative, said, hey, look, it's up to the federal government. They want a wide-open border. There's nothing Texas, Arizona, or anybody else can do about it. Too bad. You states have no rights. You have no authority. You have nothing. Nothing. Case closed. But the case isn't closed, I would argue. I have no idea what the four were thinking or the five major. I'm telling you what I'm thinking. When the federal government, when the Biden administration, when the attorney general of the United States, when the solicitor goes into court and they say, Texas has no authority, none, to do what it's doing to prevent us from going on the border and literally cutting the razor wire. The answer to that is, the federal government has no authority to violate repeatedly, daily, Every immigration law that secures the border that was passed by Congress, signed by past presidents, and under the take care clause, they're violating the Constitution of the United States. So, yes, the states can step in. But they didn't say that. Maybe it's time to move the Supreme Court, Mr. Producer, to El Paso, Texas. Maybe McAllen, Texas, right on the damn border. Move the whole federal government there. Maybe the justices just have it too nice. Washington, D.C., making decisions for the rest of the country. Let's see how many of the Trump cases they screw up. Let's hope they don't. I don't trust John Roberts, and I don't trust Barrett. Because this was an easy case. This was low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. And they threw in with the three radical Democrats. I mean radical. Sotomayor, Jackson, two of the most radical ever. Mark Levin. You are listening to the best of Mark Levin. It's really not that bad, to be perfectly honest with you. Trump was asked to buy Taiwan by Maria Bartiromo on Sunday Morning Futures, and she's fantastic, by the way. She's terrific. Powerhouse. And um, the former president, they say, declined to give a firm answer whether we would defend Taiwan. 
And I got to thinking during the break, this is what he does, though. This is what he does. I know he will defend Taiwan. Can't tell you how I know, but I know. Just like he took out Soleimani. Just like he put his foot on the throat of Iran. Donald Trump is not an isolationist. He's not a pacifist. He wants victory. But he wants victory if he can avoid war. Joe Biden is the opposite. He sends our troops into war zones and he doesn't want victory. And this is what the American people and I are sick of. Now, I disagree with some of the Republican Party that don't think we should be aiding Ukraine. But that doesn't mean a blank check. Almost none of the money that we give to Ukraine leaves the country. It goes to the Defense Department. They have an account for Ukraine as they do other countries. And they use that money here at home, hiring American citizens to build the ammunition and so forth, the weaponry that they need. There is no military-industrial-type factories in Ukraine any more than there are in Israel. So we're basically spending our own money on munitions uh, to provide for our allies who are outgunned or surrounded. But the way in which Biden has done it in Ukraine, where he doesn't want them to win, of course has caused hellish, hellish conditions, particularly in Ukraine. And so people keep dying, people keep dying. There's a stalemate. He didn't give them the weapons that they needed as soon as they needed them. And so I think this is why so many of you have turned sour on this, because it's Biden again. I understand that. But I also have a different view in this respect. Russia cannot win or it'll be a massive loss for the United States. And it could draw us into World War III because the NATO triggers can be pulled if Russia moves into Romania, Poland, the Balkan states, and then beyond. We've seen this before. People say it can't happen. Folks, it happened less than 100 years ago. So, his comment on Taiwan is, in many respects, what Trump does. He creates an ambiguity. Now, that can be dangerous. That could be brilliant, depending on the situation. But I remind myself, this is the man who built up the United States military. This is the man who built up the United States Navy. Only to have all of this undermined, of course, by Biden and his Democrats. This is a man who did draw red lines with communist China and Russia and so forth. But he did it in a way that didn't promote war. And so I, for one, I, for one, as I rethink this during the break, I, for one, am not prepared to condemn his approach, even though I will criticize it from time to time, but his overall approach depending on the situation. It's not an isolationist approach. It's not a passive approach. That's not who he is. Even though the isolationists and pacifists in both parties try to project their dangerous ideology onto Trump, it's not Trump's ideology. I've talked to him. It's simply not. Now, we have Joe Biden. And I said before, his ideology is defeatism. His ideology is to surrender it. It's worse than appeasement. He's actually arming our enemies. He's actually arming our enemies. And I think if Donald Trump were president and our 
soldiers are coming under attack from the Houthis or anybody else. He would respond with overwhelming power. America first. Those are Americans. America first means Americans first. You're shooting at trying to kill American soldiers. Donald Trump loves this country. He will defend those soldiers. He always has. Not Biden. Now, creating ambiguity with respect to Taiwan could be a dangerous gambit, in my view. But we'll see. I don't think he deserves the vicious attacks that he's receiving from the usual corners. In fact, I want to read this to you. That has not really been highlighted when it comes to that part of the world. And this was written by Nikkei Asia. I know nothing about it, and I don't need to. But this was written a few days back. The prospect of having former U.S. President Donald Trump and Taiwan President-elect Li Jingte, he's the more conservative of the candidates who were running in, tai, uh, in uh, Taiwan, having them in office at the same time as leaving China scrambling to rethink strategies, said an analyst. Beijing's real nightmare scenario is not necessarily watching Li Jingte, Taiwan's new president, winning the election, but it's the combination of him and perhaps Donald Trump coming back into the White House. They fear Donald Trump. They respect Donald Trump the way they feared Reagan and respected Reagan. And so in the case of Trump, this piece was written a few days before he made the comment on Taiwan, which I don't think is ultra provocative, actually. Again, as I'm thinking this through out loud with you. He knows Xi... He dealt with them for four years. He believes he knows how to deal with this situation. And I believe he knows that allowing China to militarily conquer Taiwan while the United States sits back is something he does not want to happen on his watch. He has said as much. Not on my watch. And despite what people project onto Donald Trump, he's never said he wouldn't help Ukraine. He said that the invasion of Ukraine never would have happened. And he's right. Because the surrender in Afghanistan would never have happened. And he's right. Remember what he said about the head of the Taliban? What he told him? I know where you live. Trump has his ways. They're just unconventional. But he also believes in what Reagan said, peace through strength. So I'm not worried about that. I don't believe he's going to surrender allies to our enemies. And you know, the funny thing is, that's what Biden is doing. Oh, he supports our allies. We're back. He wants the world to know we're back. Well, tell the Israeli leadership about that. Tell the Ukrainian leadership about that. The Taiwanese leadership is scared to death of Biden. They don't believe he will have their back despite all the posturing. So in other words, in reality, it's Biden. Who does, who does the minimal. So he can say, look at what I'm doing. But has no intention. Once an enemy attacks of defeating the enemy. No intention whatsoever. So it leads to horror stories. Absolute terrible horror stories. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. As you know, ladies and gentlemen... Some people collect stamps, some people collect coins, some people collect sexual diseases. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Now, that said, we collect mumblers. 
And in each case, it's either a Democrat in the media or a Democrat politician who's not in the media. So, can be a Democrat who's from Hollywood, doesn't much matter. They're all Democrats. And so we collect, over the years, we've collected the mumblers. So I want you to listen to this, because I think we need to extend our list of mumblers. Adding yet again, Nancy Stretch Pelosi. Some people who are not familiar, I call her Stretch because it's obvious she's had an inordinate number of facelifts. And so there must be like a huge staple in the back of her head where all her skin is. It's a very unpleasant thought, but nonetheless, no more unpleasant than that photo on the beach where she was walking with her daughter. Remember that one, Mr. Producer? It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's too much information. Too much information. It's like that photo of uh, Ted Kennedy on the boat. Remember him? Oh, my God. Anyway, or a typical photo of Chris Christie, I might add. Here's Nancy Pelosi on MSLSD yesterday. I think you'll enjoy. Cut 10, go. Let me just say I'm not going to spend too much time on Donald Trump's uh, cognitive disorders. But I, what I am going to say, and I want to, in friendship, say to Chris, he tried to say that Nikki Haley did not allow the National Guard to come, but it was Nancy Pelosi. It wasn't nobody. It was, Joe, it was Donald Trump. He knows and you know that Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer and I begged for hours for the National Guard to come. He knows that we don't have the party to bring the National Guard. The president does. Sad to say for the District of Columbia, because every other state, the governor has that power. All right. All right. She's rambling. She got Trump's name wrong. And they don't have the party. I think she meant power to bring the National Guard. And of course, she's a liar in all languages, including gibberish. And she made a fortune as a member of Congress and as Speaker of the House. A fortune, a fortune she made that was bigger than any typical average portfolio would make. Because when you're the Speaker, you decide what comes up for a vote. And she was asked about this by no less than 60 minutes some years ago. But of course, they dropped it. No grand jury, no Washington investigation, no calls for investigation. Because it's Nancy. Nancy Pelosi. So that's Nancy Pelosi. As best as we can tell. I want to get to another subject. This is very important. There's a little dot on the map in the middle of the Middle East. It's called Qatar. People have changed their pronunciations of Qatar. Like Kiev is now Kiev. Ooh. So smart. It's still Qatar to me. And Qatar is a dangerous little terrorist monarchy run by an inbred. When they hand their countries down, you know, from one to the next, like they do family members, that's Qatar. Qatar is a little speck on the map, which is fine. There are specks. But it happens to have a ton of oil. A ton of oil under its ground. And as you know, by listening to this show and watching me on Levin TV and Fox, I did the most thorough analysis of what's happening in our colleges and universities with foreign money of anybody. Qatar is second only to communist China in the billions and billions of dollars that they pour into our colleges and universities to turn out pro-Hamas terrorist activists, protesters, to turn out anti-Semites. Qatar, as you know, works very closely with the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. Qatar works very closely with the Islamo-Nazi regime in Turkey. Qatar funds Hamas. Qatar supports terrorist organizations. Al Jazeera is owned by 
funded by Qatar. I didn't say guitar, Qatar. Meanwhile, Joe Biden extends for 10 years a military base we have in Qatar, which the genius George W. Bush put there in the first place. And his genius Secretary of State, James Baker. So they extended for 10 years without any conditions whatsoever. Like, how about you turn over those Hitler monsters that you're protecting? Those billionaires who run Hamas. No requests. In fact, this administration relies on terrorists and funds terrorists and terrorist regimes. And they have anointed Qatar the way they anointed Russia to negotiate our nuclear deal with Iran. Sick, insane. They've done the same with Qatar to negotiate with Hamas to release the hostages. Wait a minute, didn't you just say Qatar funds Hamas? Yes, I did. And works with Iran? Yes, I did. Didn't you say, just say Qatar is buying the minds and souls of our college students all over the country? Yes, I did. But that's not the only thing Qatar has purchased with its oil money. Politicians, special interests, lobbyists in Washington, D.C., both parties. Qatar has bought senators and congressmen who retire or want to retire. And Qatar is there with suitcases, if you will, full of cash. Members of Congress today rarely ever condemn Qatar. And even if they have some level of condemnation, they don't pursue it. There's been no hearing in the Senate or the House to investigate where Qatar has spent its money in the United States because you'd have to put crime tape around the Capitol building. Qatar has enormous influence in the White House. Enormous influence. It buys its way in and out of one situation or another. Tell me, who is the leading voice in the Senate or the House demanding a full investigation into the country of Qatar? I don't know of any. Now, there could be one or two. I'm just saying, I don't know of any. Are they subpoenaing any records? Are they conducting any depositions? Nothing. And you look at what Qatar is doing to our country and to the state of Israel, and to the Middle East generally. Why would we rely on them for a military base? Why would we rely on them to negotiate hostages and the release? Why would we do that? Because Joe Biden is suicidal and he wants to drag the rest of us into his hell. That's one of the reasons. And here's a piece in the Jerusalem Post, which used to be a pretty good paper, not so much anymore, but nonetheless. Qatar appalled that Netanyahu called them problematic mediators. So there's Netanyahu having a private discussion with some of the hostage families. Somebody is running an iPhone or some other form of recording, unbeknownst to him. And he had the temerity, the gall to call Qatar and their role as, quote, problematic mediators. They're problematic mediators. And one of the inbreds at Qatar, Foreign Minister Spokesman Yabadabadu, he was offended. The terrorist regime in Qatar that plays both sides, he was offended by such a obvious obvious fact we are appalled of course he did in broken english we are appalled by alleged remarks attributed to the israeli prime minister in various media reports about qatar's mediation role said qatar foreign minister yabadabadu these remarks have validated are irresponsible and destructive in the efforts 
to save innocent lives, but are not surprising. Now, these bastards, these SOBs, have funded the people who took those hostages. They have funded the people who slaughtered the Jews. They're protecting their billionaire leaders who are calling the shots from some five-star Western-built hotel. Qatar. Qatar, they have tennis tournaments. They have golf tournaments. They have all kinds of cool things going on. People are, oh, look at this. Tennis players from So the athletes don't say a word. The athletes and their leagues don't say a word. People who want their kids to become professional tennis they don't say a word. Nothing. So Netanyahu is undermining, you see, the, the mediation. It's Netanyahu. Well, why wouldn't they say Netanyahu? Thomas Friedman says it. Right? Blinken, Biden, our own Marxist, pro-Islamist, Bernie Sanders, he says it, they all say it. So it's Netanyahu's fault, just like in our country, everything is Trump's fault. Biden's funding the enemy, terrorists. He's rearming the enemy. They're shooting those weapons at us. They've killed Jews, Israelis with those weapons, with these terrorist groups. And it's Israel's fault. It's Israel's fault that 80% of the Palestinian people, the citizens, the peaceful people, would vote for Hamas next time. So it's Israel's fault that they won't capitulate and give 30% of their country, Judea and Samaria, to the very people who want to destroy them. Come on now. Again, watch this week, and you're not going to believe the tape that I have. That's right. I have a videotape. I have a videotape. As they say on ESPN, go to the videotape. I actually think I could do ESPN. Don't you, Mr. Producer? Go to the videotape. There you go. Go to the videotape. George Michael used to say that in Washington, great sports coach. All right. So this is Qatar. They're funding Islamicism in our country. They're funding anti-Semitism in our country. They have their hooks into our colleges and universities. They have their hooks into Capitol Hill. They have their hooks into the executive branch. Both parties. Both parties. And nobody in Congress is saying, let's have a hearing, let's investigate. Who exactly is on their payroll? Through law firms, through lobbying firms, government officials, former government officials, think tanks. They're spreading their money everywhere, and it's having an enormous impact on our country. But these bastards aren't fooling me or anybody else who loves America. These bastards aren't fooling any of us. No, they're negotiating for the release of the hostages when they funded the very, the very monsters who kidnapped those people. And Joe Biden just extends for 10 years the base without getting anything for it from these, from these inbreds. Nothing. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best. The best of Mark Levin. Beer brewed here. It is used to make the brew beer. It is fine. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. No, that wasn't Al Sharpton. That is Joe Biden. And really, his defenders on cable TV and elsewhere, these liberal Democrats, they humiliate themselves when they try to pretend that when Donald Trump gets a word wrong or a thought wrong, that it's comparable to this absolute mental mess. That was Joe Biden. He sounds like Foster Brooks when Foster Brooks used to play the sort of the drunk on TV. Let's listen again carefully. See if you can discern what the man is saying. Go ahead. Beer brewed here. It is used to make the brew beer. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. They're laughing at him. And so as we uh, continue to collect the mumblers, He's now part of the mumblers. He'll be the last mumbler. Let's hear the mumblers. Go right ahead, Mr. Producer. They have an idea. It costs when if you they just gave you gave him 
with the the withdraw bringing u.s home troops from home and 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 the 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 But resist, we much, we must, and we will much about that be committed. I, 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 I'm, I'm a warrior. Um, you know, the, the, that, it was, I mean, they said that, look, the, 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 yeah, the, was a was it him? Why? I, 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 I didn't, if, we, if we, you know, it, you know, it, it, we can walk and chew gum. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. True international average of pressure. Been impeached for inciting the erection. Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection insurrection. And uh, what am I doing here? I'm going to lose track here. And uh, to confidence in the integrity. Private private uh, 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 economic. No, 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 don't let them. You know how much I'm going to do with the deficit this year? Bridges and those bonds that are collapsing. And, you know, it is, it is, it is, you know, it is not, it is a, it is. Happy birthday, dear Part of the, 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 I don't do some of you to some of the leadership of. Kajan, Kajan, Katanji drowned Jackson. You docs are good, but there's any angels in heaven, they're all nurses, male and female. God save the queen, man. President Trump incited an erection. Uh, and Mess with the women on the Beer brewed here. <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer. <laughs> oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder yeah. why. There's your ruling class, America. There's your elites. What a bunch of crackpots. What a bunch of mental patients. There's your elites, starting with Joe Biden. They want to run your country. They want to run your household. They want to decide what you can drive. They want to decide everything. Your children's sex. Very important people. Now, we have something going on today. And I want to say something to the United States Supreme Court, the majority, the five justices who voted against the Constitution, who voted against securing the border, and voted against their own precedent, which requires a president to actually take care that the laws are enforced. Joe Biden has systematically obliterated our border, and he's done so by systematically obliterating our immigration laws. We literally have the worst type and level of slavery going on in this country since the Civil War taking place right now right now with the media basically ignoring it or defending it we have slavery taking place in our country right now We don't need to talk about the past. Let's talk about now. Now, who's in charge? Joe Biden, the man who was a segregationist and a racist. A man of the Jim Crow South. A man who supported segregated public schools. Now he goes around preaching about democracy and freedom when he's not making other slurs against black people. This is who the Democrats are rallying behind in their media. This is who they promote, but... We shouldn't be surprised. They also rally around Hamas and promote them, too. What a bunch of sick bastards. I'm not kidding. But I'm specifically talking to the five justices on the Supreme Court, Chief Justice Roberts and Associate Justice Barrett in particular. Are you pleased? Are you pleased that by voting with the other three, that you've now created a constitutional crisis? Are you pleased They're now going to have the Texas National Guard and Texas law enforcement poised against Fed, the feds, potentially um, active duty military. Or it's possible that Joe Biden will federalize 
the National Guard, which was done uh, by Republican and some Democrat uh, and a Democrat president uh, to prevent uh, Orville Faubus and, of course, uh, George Wallace from blocking the schoolhouse door the way Joe Biden blocks the schoolhouse door to any good school that happens to be in a black or minority neighborhood. But now we have a confrontation. And I don't know how it's going to end. But I tell you over and over again in my book, The Democrat Party Hates America, that this is not a normal political party. It is a autocratic party. It wants complete power and complete control. And I want to salute all those hosts on TV and radio who've obviously read the book. This is a party that will do anything for power. And as I say in the book, you've got to look at the Democrat Party through the lens of power. They will do anything to anybody. They will say anything to anybody. And can you imagine, Mr. Producer, that the federal government either federalizing the National Guard or using federal troops or whatever they might or may not do, I don't know, would do so in order to protect slavery? In order to keep the border open? So potential terrorists and MS-13 and other criminals come across the border so the drug cartels continue to make tens of billions of dollars off of Biden's policies? Can you imagine sending in federal law enforcement or even the army to do such a thing? I mean, obviously, Greg Abbott's been driven to the, to the edge of what he can do here. He is citing two provisions of the Constitution. They're both there in black and white. There is no provision in the Constitution, none that gives the President of the United States the power to defy federal law. That's an impeachable offense, as I've said over and over and over and yet over again. And that needs to be the first issue when it comes to impeaching Joe Biden. And it needs to be raised now and taken very seriously. Because of all the horrors he's creating on both sides of the border. What's happening to women and little kids sold into sex slavery and pornography. That's on Joe Biden's hands. He's a one-man disaster. And these clowns, they go on TV defending him, trying to draw parallels between him and Trump. There are no parallels. Zero. Zero. They're so offended by the speech he gave Tuesday night. They're not offended by Hamas slaughtering Jews. No. They're not offended by Hamas supporters in the streets talking about the Third Reich and gas chambers. No. They're not offended by what's going on on the southern border. Rabid. Rabid criminality. Rabid slavery. Not that doesn't offend them. Trump offends them. What Trump said offends them. These are sick people. Sick. Look what, look what Biden has done with federal law enforcement. Look at what they've done with the local law enforcement. And now it's clear that there were discussions between the office of Fannie, what the hell is her name, Fannie Mae or something? Fannie Willis. Yeah, Fannie Mae. Remember Fannie Mae, Mr. Producer? That turned out well, too. Fannie Willis in the White House. You see, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden's behind it all. All of it. And then they said, can you prove it? You don't have proof. This is the way it works. I can prove it. Look at what's going on. It's not a coincidence. We're not stupid. It's a massive cover-up effort, but it's also a massive election interference effort. Because Joe Biden doesn't think he can win by the vote. Neither do his people. That's why they're very giddy about these prosecutions. That's why they say, one conviction, that's all we need. One conviction, and then he's a convicted criminal. They tell you. They, they signal to you what they're up to. This is why it's way above the head of the legal analysts. They don't understand what's going on. I understand what's going on. 
what's happening to our country and our Constitution. As they write at Breitbart, Texas Governor Greg Abbott asserts Texas is constitutional right. And what he means by Texas is constitutional right, he means under the federal Constitution. States have rights to defend themselves against invasions. They have independent rights apart from the federal government. But John Roberts and Justice Barrett apparently don't know how to read the Constitution. Because they fall in line with the left. They fall in line with the ruling elite. Why? Because John Roberts, more than anything else, <coughs> is part of the Washington elite. It's what he is. He's buddies with Thomas Friedman. They have a good time going to the Kennedy Center. This is what we're dealing with. But no, no, Trump is the threat to democracy. Not John Roberts. Trump is the threat to democracy, not Joe Biden. Trump is the threat to democracy, not Jake Tapper. Oh, no, they're all they're all just fantastic. He asserts Texas has constitutional right to defend and protect itself as it relates to the ongoing border crisis crippling the state. Let me be specific. When the president of the United States is purposely violating his oath of office and the Constitution, respecting his absolute responsibility to ensure that the laws of the land's laws of the land are taken care of, that is enforced. That's what the Constitution says. Then Texas has a right under another part of the Constitution to defend itself against invasions. This is an invasion. This is not immigration. This is an invasion. Immigration is nothing like this. In the Supreme Court, these five justices sit on their asses, make sure they have nice, cleaned and ironed black robes. Everything's cool. Oh, Your Honor, Your Honor. Oh, Your Honor, Your Honor. It's amazing. It's amazing, these activist justices and activist judges. And they're all over the damn place now. Even some of them dressed up as Republicans. They insist that you follow their orders. And yet they don't follow the Constitution. And I wrote about this in Men in Black. How do they expect people to respect them when they don't respect the law itself? And this was black and white. Black and white. Biden is destroying our border by destroying our immigration laws, which destroys the provision of the Constitution that compels him to take care that the laws are enforced, whether he likes them or not. The governor of Texas, who himself is a lawyer, he says, well, then we have a right to secure our border. And the Supreme Court says, actually, you don't. On some, and we don't know why they don't explain it. I'm sure it's some cockamamie, bastardized view of federalism. Or even reverse federalism. <laughs> 